0: From Studio Nowhere, it's time for... Soccer Talk USA. Welcome to another edition of Soccer Talk USA. I'm your host, Mark Cedar. This is episode number 297 for the 27th of June, 2011. And, uh, oh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, we got the Gold Cup final, Gold Cup stuff to talk about. We've got, uh, some really interesting stuff going on in major league soccer. And uh let's and of course the women's world cup started. Um, not that that means anything, just kidding. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about all that stuff and uh dive right in. So let's just get started with the gold cup stuff. We had uh uh, First week, well, we had midweek game, which was the uh, semifinal, USA versus Panama. And as might be expected in a must-win semifinal, the game was pretty tight. It took a while to get the first big chance, which uh, came from the USA in the 25th when Chirundalo. I should have mentioned last week that he's been outstanding in the one bright spot for the U.S. this whole tournament. Uh, he puts in a cross that uh, Agadello heads off the post. Uh, Panama have a chance in the first half stoppage with a free kick on the left side of the box, but they waste it. To start the second half, Landon comes on for a quiet cluster. Uh, things are still quiet, though, and on the hour, Panama has a dangerous cross behind the U.S. back line that's nearly connected with, as Bocanegra can't stop it. Then Bob Bradley does something interesting by putting in Freddie Adu. It's been so long since we've seen him play, I'd forgotten all about him. I'd heard grumbling and surprise uh, that he was included on the roster, but I found it fascinating that Bob would use him for the first time in this tournament in the semifinal. Seemed a risky gamble. Uh, but Adu showed he has improved, and after Panama put in a dangerous ball into the USA that we clear, he starts a nice counter up the right wing. Nothing comes up, comes of it, but at least it's energy. Then Panama get their best chance of the game with a loose ball in the box that gets hit towards where goal, and Howard fingertips it over the bar. Uh, in the 76th, the U.S. gained possession in the middle with the dew in the center circle. He left-foots a beauty to the right wing where Landon is streaking. He keeps possession and then calmly crosses a pin-perfect ball to the back post that's just far enough out the keeper can't get to it, but behind the back line, and clinton Dempsey is there to knock it over the line and the USA lead. A sweet goal beautifully played by several members of the team, but half the team in the buildup. Adu's involvement, uh, again, uh, is involved again on another run, and he safely gets it to uh, Bradley in the box, but instead of firing, uh, Bradley passes it to a Panama player Oops. Uh, the last few minutes are all Panama, with them having a dangerous chance deep in stoppage time that they uh, perhaps should have done better with. In the end, it's a good win for the U.S., but I still don't like it being such a close game. We really should be beating teams like this 2 or 3 to nil, but, you know, hey, we're in the final, right? USA 1, Panama nil. Then we jump to the final, which was on uh, Saturday at the same exact time as the uh, Portland Timbers game and other games and crazy stuff happened to schedule. Who schedules this stuff? I don't get it. Even the midweek game was scheduled right in the middle of two U.S. Uh, MLS matches. I don't mind them not shutting down MLS for the tournament, you know, but they should not at least schedule the games so they're not airing at the exact same time so that soccer fans can watch both games. Stupid. Stupid. But anyway, USA-Mexico, another historic match. Uh, Mexico starts off the more dangerous with several big chances in the first seven minutes. But then good work from Chirondolo and Adu earn the U.S. a corner kick. Adu puts that in. Michael Bradley gets the near post and skims it past the keeper for the surprise lead. But that joy is muted by the loss of Chirondolo as he's injured, and now the back line is uncertain. That's putting it mildly. Mexico are still creating dangerous chances, including a chance for Hernandez that hits the post. Uh, Though he was ruled offside, it shows his incredible danger, and the U.S. isn't stopping him. Uh, But then the U.S. shows some brilliance as Landon and Clint switch uh, around, and Landon runs onto a great through ball. Landon goes up top. He runs onto a great through ball into the box, and it rifles rifles it past the keeper, uh, and now the U.S.A. lead by two. My immediate first thought, oh crap, here we go with the USA Brazil in the Confederation's Cup final. Yeah, foreshadowing. Mexico's just too good not to score. Uh but how would the US react when they do? Uh Adu has a great shot in the twenty sixth it's just wide, but a moment later Mexico play a through ball up the middle, that Barrera one times past Howard, and just like that the US lead is cut in half. Uh, then DeSantos is allowed to run free on the right wing. He goes, uh, runs into the center and shoots. Substitute Bornstein can't get it clear uh, for some reason. I don't know. It looked like he perhaps was trying to either he just could get it out of his feet or he was just, like, letting it go so that Howard could retrieve it. But Howard was on the ground. The loose ball is just touched towards the goal, and it triggers over the line, and it's just a horribly sloppy goal for the USA to give up. And uh, now we're 2-2. Hernandez, who was on the post, uh, cleverly doesn't touch it, as he would have been offside if he had. Uh, The USA get a few chances in the box after that, but nothing too dangerous. And Mexico loses their captain, Rafa Marquez, uh, due to a hamstring injury. It seems like good news for the USA. But, you know, Mexico's still dangerous in the 45th. DeSantos gets behind the back line. His shot is just wide. Another warning that the USA don't take seriously enough. Uh, the USA struggles continue in the second half as right uh, from the get-go, they defend frantically. Their clearances are just not convincing. In the 49th, Mexico tries to get the ball in the U.S. box. Bocanegra heads it out, but right to another Mexican player who finds Barrera in a little space on the right side. He knocks it low to the far post, far post past uh, beyond Howard. And just like that, Mexico lead. The USA had a chance on a corner kick that was headed wide. DeSantos has a chance in the U.S. box and then Freddy Adu earns a good free kick outside the Mexican box, but he takes the free kick and it's right at the keeper. Uh right on the hour, Mexico's defense is flailing, and Dempsey retrieves the loose ball, rifles it over the cross onto the crossbar. Uh, That would have been so sweet. Uh but then Donovan uh Donovan free kick uh for the US uh head the ball over. But in the seventy sixth the game pretty much ends when the USA can't clear Mexico play a ball into space that DeSantos intercepts beyond uh before Howard Uh, His way to goal is blocked off, though, so he dribbles outward, but no one from the U.S. shuts him down. There's like 20 players there, and everybody's just watching him dribble. And uh, so he's allowed to get some space. He gets off a shot. It seems unlikely. There's a whole forest of white-shirted players between him and the goal, but his shot is just magnificent, literally top corner. Lehigh's on the post, and he leaps up, but he can't get high enough. The ball was just too perfectly placed, and Mexico score. Wow. Four goals unanswered, not good for the USA. They try to come back with a wonder chance at Bradley, he volleys in, uh, goalkeeper punch, and it would have been a fantastic goal, but it's wide. Some sloppy defending by Mexico, lets the US have a chance deep in their box, but they again put it wide, I think it was, it was, uh, Goodson on that one chance. Uh, in stoppage time, some nice play by Donovan, nearly finds an open teammate in front of net, uh, empty net, but Mexico do just enough to clear it, and then the USA has a foul, and it's, you know. Plays dead. And that's the way the dream ends. It started off so well with a two-goal lead, but uh, the Turandolo injury, lead just up to the back line. The U.S.'s poor defending uh, hurt them again. Uh, I also think there's still an attitude problem. In this case, it wasn't one of taking the opponent too lightly, but a variation of that of when gaining what seems to be a tremendous lead, we just, you know, blow it. We just can't. I think we're too over We 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 kind of relax. We think, oh, we got, you know, this great lead. And we had that same problem against, you know, Brazil against, in the Confederations Cup final. We panic, we don't show enough maturity, uh, we're okay defensively when we attack, but once the other team starts to pressure, you know, once they get time on, you know, time on the ball and have possession, we just don't know what to do at that point. And, uh, when we're attacking and, and, you know, when we're coming from, you know, behind, we're, we're, we're trying to get the ball and keep it in attack, we do okay. But as soon as we set back and allow the other team any chance, you know, on the time on the ball, it's like we just, you know, ah, it's just terrible. Uh, let's see, we got confidence. We showed and show desperation that gives the other team confidence. Uh, instead of shutting down all their chances, we show them that they're still into it. They're still, uh, they're still in the in the match, and that they make us pay. You know, if we had shut down Mexico and showed them that there was no way back uh, early on, you know, I think they would have they would have become more and more depressed. We we basically eliminated the crowd with our two goal lead. And then we gave the lead right back, and the crowd was right back in it. We lost all that momentum, you know. And then Mexico knew that we were weak, and they could they could push at us, and and we would collapse. And that's what happened. So, uh, um, you know, I, I think um, there's no question that USA has some talent, you know. And at times we're we we actually matched or exceeded Mexico, there was you know some great play there. But overall. You know, they were way, way, way better than us and uh, fully deserved the win. The USA uh, team needs to take a really hard look in the mirror. Allowing four goals unanswered, blowing a two-goal lead just isn't acceptable. If they had played like they did in this one from the start of the tournament, maybe by the time they got to this point in the tournament, they would this would have been a completely different game, a completely different situation, and uh, the result could have been different. You know they did improve a lot throughout this tournament, but I think those early struggles just really cost the team. Um, we are we also just aren't nearly deep enough. Uh, you know that losing one player like Torundelo would cause so much trouble is of grave concern. Mexico used two subs in the first half, including their injured captain, and it was no problem at all, and didn't hurt them at all. You know we didn't have Altador and you know that showed. Uh, great to see Freddie Adu come back into the national team, but we really need a lot more depth for her to get out of the group stage of the next World Cup. I mean, right now, it's just not looking good. And, um I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that, you know, you know, maybe this is all we've got and, and that's just the way it is, but, um I, I think, I think, um I'd like to see some real shuffling with the U.S. national team. I, you know, really, you know, bring in some other players, some, some, there's a lot of great players that, that I think should be on this team that aren't there. You know, I'm thinking of, of just in, in MLS, we've got players like, uh, Brad Davis plays for Houston. Um, you know, I, I, I think we need a player like him very, very badly. I don't know why he's not on the team. Um, I think we need some, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other, you know, interesting players. I I, I also, you know, de- we're definitely short on strikers, and, and that's a big concern for me long term. Um, I don't necessarily have the answer to that either. Um, it's not like, you know, uh, we have that many. We've got, you know, I think Agudelo's good for the future, um, but similar to Altidore um, in the sense that little streaky, uh, still young. Still growing, you know, long ways to go, and um, it's gonna it's gonna take a while for this to to pan out. But uh, hopefully, this loss will really motivate, you know, a number of different people to to look at things and say, you know, you know, where where are we gonna go from here? Where's the? I mean, this this shows the gap between us and Mexico, and uh, we don't have a chicharito. Uh, you know, Fernandez and Hernandez. We, we, we need some players like that. We need some, some real bright stars that can come on and, and, and do some, you know. We need we need, to, we need to get goals from strikers, you know. Very few of our goals come from strikers, and that's not good. But uh, I think Bob Bradley's job is probably safe for now. Um, I'm not going to call for his fire. I mean, he got us to the final. I think, you know, we, we did a lot there. Um, so I think, is you know his job is is probably safe. Uh, I'm not wildly excited about that. I think uh, I've been a Bradley fan in, in years past, but he has had this team for a long time, and I, I'm not seeing giant levels of improvement, you know. Um, I think the biggest question for me is going to be what happens next. What does he do next? What are his next moves as coach? Um, if he basically says... Let's. Um, I mean, there's there's a handful of players on this team that I think are, you know, they're gonna be there, they're gonna be there. But I think that, you know, defensively we need we're missing a lot. Um, now some of that's always due to injuries and various sorts of things, and and you never quite know how different players are, you know, performing for their club team and what all that. But that's, you know, every coach has to manage with that kind of stuff. But I think the, the biggest thing that we need to do is, is really scour the ranks and find some, some young players that uh, can, can, can be around for the future, you know, and, and uh, how he develops that those, those players and, and, and this team and, and all that is going to be the, the question for the future. So that's what we have to look at is what is Bob Bradley going to do next, and, and that's where I'll judge him on. And uh, uh, for me personally, I would say give him another year. And if we don't see some major improvement in the U.S. national team, um, then I'd say look at, at replacing him before the next World Cup because we uh, don't have a lot of time, you know, don't have a lot of time. So we need to see some improvements soon, you know, before the next, before World Cup qualifying starts and all that. So anyway, let's talk uh, Major League Soccer. Um, midweek games, we had uh, Philly KC. Uh, tons of uh, chances for a nil-nil, and decent except for a lull in the middle. Uh, Carlos Rodriguez is back from the Gold Cup for Guatemala, has a number of good opportunities, including a free kick that Nielsen saves. And While Ken City looked dangerous when Philly make mistakes, such as Camaro's early chance when uh, Philly gives him the ball away at the back, uh, 20 minutes in, Philly have a terrific three-try with several shots in a row, but Casey somehow survived. Nielsen makes a, a bunch of saves to keep uh, Casey in the game. Uh, cool to see Hugh Jackman, the actor in, uh, Wolverine, in, uh, Philly Union gear at the stadium there, and mugging up for the camera and everything, but, uh, kind of a lull where both teams seem tired, but in the 70th, Ruiz has a, uh, great header off the crossbar, then Map has a shot saved by Nielsen, and Latou puts a couple wide, uh, Danielle does a great, Uh, Great work for the Union on the left wing to ride a tackle and get in a dangerous shot across that is nearly an own goal by Casey, but eh, safely cleared in the end for a corner kick. In stoppage time, Philly get one last uh, shot on goal, but it's right at Nielsen and pretty harmless. In the end, Kansas City do just enough to get the point, while Philly uh, tried harder to score and had gobs of chances, but couldn't convert any. And so that's the way this one finishes. uh, Philly nil, Kansas City nil. Seattle, New York, another wild game as New York's uh, luck runs out. I guess they ran out of dough to pay off the ref for a dubious stoppage time penalty call. Uh, annoying to see, I'm just kidding. Uh, annoying to see ESPN not air the first 10 due to baseball. I really think that should be illegal, that stations should be fined for not airing stuff when they promise. But fortunately, I'd, uh, set this recording for 30 minutes extra, so I was okay. I actually didn't miss anything. But, uh, and the first goal happened within seconds of going, uh, of going back to the game. Uh, it might not have been live coverage. I don't know exactly what was going on, but uh, they started the, the, the coverage of the game 10 minutes in, and, like, seconds later, there was the first goal. So the uh, first whole goal happened seconds after going back to the game. Uh, that chance came to Seattle off of a corner kick, and it wasn't uh, cleared very well, and Freeberg curled one through the box to the far side and in. If that wasn't bad enough, just a minute or so later, they do it again. Another corner kick clearly cleared, and Alonso volleys it uh, back through the crowded box. Somehow it goes through and in. It's not looking good for New York. But then, on the half hour, Dane Richards sparks the comeback. Uh, takes a shot from the... Let's see. Uh, takes a shot from the corner of the box and beats Keller. Uh, terrific goal. Uh, that sparks some, uh, New York domination as they create several chances. But for the half, uh, Montero did some good dribbling in the box and nearly scored, but his shot was blocked. And then Fernandez got free on the left and tried to chip Sutton, but hit it too high. Early in the second half, it was more Seattle pressure, but just before the hour, disaster for Seattle. As New York get to the end line with a cross that a Seattle defender knocks into his own net, uh, shades of the Keel own goal in the Portland, uh, New York game. Suddenly we're level and it's anyone's game. Ziggy Smith puts on Roger Levesque. He gets a big applause and I wondered why he's so popular. I can barely remember him ever scoring. They said later he'd only scored like three times, so, for Seattle, but I think that's in MLS. He might have scored some open, uh, cup goals. Uh, seems like an odd decision anyway, uh, but maybe he knew something I didn't, because moments later, Alonso forces a good save out of Sutton, and on the resulting corner kick, Roger Levesque beats the defender to the ball, heads it in, and Seattle lead. Uh, New York try to get back with a Lynn Pair chance that he doesn't do well enough, with, doesn't do enough with. And in the 78th, a real horror show from Greg Sutton, who proves he doesn't have soccer feet, under no pressure at all, uh, off a long pass, a uh, long back pass is played back to him. By the defender, he retrieves the ball at the edge of his box with his feet. He can't pick it up, of course, and when Levesque pressures him, Sutton dribbles like he's got casts on both legs. Just horrible. He can't get the ball off of his feet, can barely find the ball, and Roger just steals it and taps it home for a monster goal. Uh, Suicide by Sutton, whose coach uh, had just been saying earlier in the week that uh, Sutton was officially their number one. Now that's looking questionable, bizarre. Levesque has a strange celebration, sitting on the advertising board, holding his nose and going over backwards like a scuba diver into water. Saw a blog post by Seattle fans calling it brilliant, but I don't get why. Odd, sure, but nothing like the genius of downing a Red Bull when scoring against New York, if you'll remember from the past. Uh, after that one, uh, the game was pretty much over, but New York uh, did try with DeRoe putting a blast wide and Richards skying one. In the end... New York shot themselves in the foot in this one. Seattle 4, New York 2. Then we had another odd game, probably our strangest game of the week, San Jose, L.A. A lot of strange games this season, MLS. Uh, from the way this game started off, one never would have predicted a nil-nil. San Jose should have been up by at least two just minutes into this one. Uh, Dawkins had a fantastic spin and shoot just 17 seconds in that beat Rick- Ricketts and came off the base of the post, the far post. Then Leonard battled to the end line, got the ball to Dawkins, and he hit it on frame, forced a monster save out of Ricketts. On that uh, corner kick, Ricketts saved another at his near post. And when the rebound fell alone inside the 6 yards box, it looked like a guaranteed goal for Ryan Johnson. But somehow Ricketts got up, blocked the point blank shot, and they cleared the rebound. But nothing went in for San Jose. Uh Then in the 21st, a horrible collision between Ricketts and Stevenson's as both went for the high ball. Ricketts has to come out for Josh Saunders, but San Jose didn't take advantage of the backup keeper despite owning most of the possession. Their free kick in the 30th was deflected just wide a goal, but then in the 43rd, craziness! Saunders picks up a routine ball in the box, is hounded by Lenhart. Then Lenhart bizarrely heads the ball out of Saunders' hands, an obvious foul and a yellow for him. I don't know why he did it, because... It's like, obviously, you're going to get a yellow card for doing that. And it wasn't like Saunders was, like, he had the ball with both of his hands on the ball. You know, it wasn't like he had one hand was getting ready to kick it or something like that, or, you know, it looked like he might be about to drop it, or he, he had both hands solidly on it. And um, Len, uh, Lenhardt just literally puts his head right down into, you know, basically level with... uh Saunders' gut, you know, to knock the ball free, and, uh, but Saunders, you know, the ball drops free, it's loose, and instead of letting the ref just handle the situation, he kind of panics, tries to retrieve the loose ball, and with, uh, Lenhart kind of going nuts because loose ball, you know, loose ball, loose ball, I'm gonna try to get it, he throws an arm, you know, uh, to, to, to basically protect, uh, you know, keep, keep Lenhart away, and uh, his arm just goes right into Lenhart's face. I'm not sure he was, you know, intending necessarily to hit him in the face, but he was just trying to, like, you know, keep away. And, you know, basically clocked him. And the ref has no, no hesitation. Straight red for Saunders. And as I mentioned, uh, Lenhart got the yellow. Uh But now L.A. have a new problem in this one because they're out of goalkeepers. Yeah, Saunders was their backup. He'd already come in to replace uh Ricketts. So Mike McGee, as he's done before, a field player, dons... Don's the uh, the goalkeeper jersey, yeah. So um, he goes into goal, and he'll have more than a half to guard the goal. And uh, with chance, with the chances, you know, San Jose had earlier. You're just and Ricketts, you know, had had some great saves. It just seemed like a certainty that San Jose would score. I think the players and you know the home crowd was cheering as though they've already won, you know. And I think the San Jose players kind of took that for granted. And strangely, their their offense offense just vanished. Uh, they cannot get through LA's 10-man defense. It's actually LA who nearly score on the hour with a terrific uh, defensive block in the box on uh, Galaxy's Lopez. In the final 20, San Jose really starts to put on the pressure. McGee comes up huge. I think he made six or seven saves in this one. It's mostly routine, but his presence is needed. Still, it seems inevitable that San Jose would score. The LA defense goes beyond themselves to keep San Jose from having chances. They really did good. But McGee does make, I think, six saves for the shutout. Uh The best was in the 89th when Lenhardt got inside the six, and McGee denied him point-blank as good as anything Ricketts uh, uh, did. Uh San Jose's futility was evident in the final seconds of stoppage time when Corrales, uh, Ramiro Corrales hit a nice volley from the left wing. He caught it well, but it was easily a mile above the goal. And it's like, that pretty much is the last kick of the game, and just an utter waste. And it's like, why? You know, why why waste it? I mean, you know it's a high, it's it's very low percentage chance. Why are you just, you know, trying one like that? It's, you know, I don't know. just kind of shows their decision-making was not ideal. Um, and, you know, why couldn't they test the raw keeper a bit more? I, I have no idea. It just seems, you know, I don't know, really dumb by the Quakes to not not get more out of this one. But, uh, you know, it's a draw for the home team. This one feels like a defeat. And for L.A., it's, you know, a huge winning point, um, though at a significant cost. Sounds like Ricketts may be out for a while, and uh, Saunders can't play next game due to his red card. So LA are going to have to scramble for a keeper for their next game, so that should be interesting. Uh, um, I've heard them talking about you know bringing a college college player back up. You know they have some some other and they probably have somebody that's in a second division team or something they can bring up. But uh, maybe they'll keep McGee in. I mean he did have a shutout. So anyway, San Jose nil, uh, LA nil, and then we had uh, a depressing game of the week for me, the Dallas uh, Portland match. Well. The Timbers look like an expansion team in this one. Uh, in the first few minutes, I was surprised how good they looked. They were beating Dallas to keep possession in the midfield with some very nice passing. Uh, they didn't do much in the final third where things broke down, but it was a pleasingly aggressive start to the match. But then Dallas started to gain, gain control, and the Timbers just collapsed. They allowed Jackson the shot in the 18th that came off the crossbar. A moment later, the Timbers did put in a nice ball off a long Jewsbury free kick that Hartman had to punch out, and then he blocked the rebound shot with his foot. Very nice. But just before the hour, Portland... Uh, for the half hour, sorry, Portland spent a lot of time in the Dallas box, but never really got a shot on goal. Then a dangerous counter by Dallas with Jackson up the wing. Chavez uh, puts his shot wide. That pressure started a sequence where Hall had a horrible shank clearance that went straight up in the box. Perkins had to punch it, but the ball was still spinning wickedly, and his punch went backward, so kind of a sign of things to come. Timbers clear that chance, but Dallas come right back, earn a corner kick, and off of that, the ball went to the back post where Perkins flailed on it. And Zach Cooper, uh, sorry, Zach Lloyd, uh, headed it home. A few minutes later in 39th, a repeat of that corner kick with George John getting in front of Cooper to head home a second. After that, the Timbers were done. They had a shot before the half that was blocked, uh, by one of their own players and then nearly gave up another, uh, that Jackson put in the side netting. Second half was all Dallas, as the Portland box was a shooting gallery. Uh, Jackson, Shea, and others all had chances. Uh, Alexander got in the box, put a slow roller past Perkins, but it came back off the post, and then Breck Shea put in the rebound. On the hour, Portland had a glimmer of hope when a bad pass to Hartman nearly got Cooper on a goal, but Hartman got there just in front of him. Another long free kick by Dewsbury went through the box dangerously, was headed just wide. Sal Zizio got to the end line, there was no one in the box for his cross. And in the 85th, Jackson let one five from wrong range, and the usually reliable Perkins blocks it up in the air, but not enough to go over the bar as it drops into the goal mouth. Uh, he does take... Uh, make one good save, not a good save in the 89th, um, but I think Perkins was definitely not his usual self in this one. Uh, Wallace has a nice shot in the 90th, but it's just high and wide and no trouble for Hartman. Uh, this one finishes as a blowout for Portland, who had only like six shots compared to Dallas is 21 or so. Just dismal. After going down to those two set pieces, they just lost all heart. Very disappointing. Uh, they do play much better at home, but to get anywhere in this league, they're gonna at least have to be competitive on the road. You gotta feel like you've got a chance in these games. And right now, they keep going down early in these road games, and then there's just no way back. You know, at home, I think they can, they've shown they can come back from a goal or two down. But, uh, at least, you know, to get a draw or something. But, on, on the road, they just have no chance. You know, and so I think that's, and there's that feeling that mentality just builds and builds. So they go down a goal and it's like, oh crap, here we go again. And then second goal, and then it's all over. You know. So anyway, Dallas 4, Portland 0. Uh, dear. Uh, let's see, Philly Chivas, this is probably one of my games of the week of this, of this weekend, it was pretty fun. Uh, pretty even at first, both sides having chances, but the away team that gets the first goal when Union Keeper, uh, Mondragon, uh, punches out a corner kick that Chivas put right back in with two headers, and then Umania heads it in for his first MLS goal. Yeah, so three headers in, the, in, in, that sequence there. Uh, Philly pour on the pressure, but, uh, Chivas survive until the end of the half, but minutes after the break, Map feeds from the end line, gets it through the box to uh, Pavlovich, who nails it low past Kennedy for the equalizer in his, his first MLS goal. Uh, both teams try for the winner, with Chivas' Mondaini uh, rocketing a free kick off the crossbar just past the hour, but moments later, Carlos uh, Ruiz finally beats the offside trap he'd been called offside several times, receiving the ball onto his chest and then sliding it low and under the keeper for the lead. But in the 77th, Chivas gain possession to the, in the center circle, start a vicious counter right up the middle, ron gets to the ball a half-step before Mondragon and dinks it past him, and we're level. It's a tight game, but in the 89th, Substitute Mwanga receives the ball above the Chivas box. Let's fly a bullet to the lower corner. That wins the game for Philly. Philly 3, Chivas 2. Uh, Chicago, New York. Uh, New York pressure early, forcing a, a good save by uh, goalkeeper Johnson before the half-hour. But then uh, Baruch puts his header wide, uh, just wide for the fire. The goal comes in the 40th when pair drives up the middle. Gets lucky when the defender clears it off Lynn pair where the rebound bounces right into his path. He runs onto it as though it was a pass and slots it past Johnson for the New York lead. Fire try to get back into it after the break with a free kick that's just wide. And then minutes before the hour, Papa tries a low percentage shot from a mile out. Buna Kandul, in goal after Sutton's disaster in Seattle, makes his own flub by misjudging the ball. He goes to ground way too early. It literally bounces over his sprawled body. Ouch. Uh, we are level. Late on uh, New York's keel, heads one wide when he had tons of room, should have done better. Uh, Chavez has a wonderful chance in the 80th when his quick shot, uh, with his quick shot, but Buna made an excellent save. A few minutes later, Buna Neely gets himself in trouble when he comes out to clear a ball, strikes it off the attacker, and it rebounds nearly behind him, but uh, fortunately it's cleared by a teammate. Uh, Duro had a chance late, and Buna made a nice uh, clear in-stoppage time. It's another draw for the two most draw-prone teams in MLS. Who could have predicted that? Chicago, I think there's a sixth draw in a row or something like that. Chicago won, New York won. Seattle, New England. It's a dream start for the road team as New England's Nyasi strikes it from the edge of the box. Somehow it creeps under everyone and in. I think Keller saw it way too late. Uh, Keller makes a big save on Yassi in the 15th, but Seattle being the own comeback, uh, bring, begin their comeback off of a free kick outside the box at Tyson Wall that goes into the top corner. Wow. Then Kevin Alston blows a tire, his shoe comes apart. Uh, and under the, uh, int- Tense attacking pressure. Uh New England collapsed. They were basically playing a man down because Austin was limping and couldn't do anything. Uh, so several passes in the box, sets up Fernandez, who puts it past Reese. Things are still not out of reach for New England, though. As into the second half, uh, Falan uh nearly scores off uh Phelan, sorry, nearly scores off of a header that Keller stops. And then uh Lechich nearly ties it with a shot that's inches wide of the far post. Jack uh Shalofsky has a gorgeous attempt in the eighty fifth that rockets off the crossbar. He had Keller beat, but a little high and hits the post. Uh but then time runs out for New England as uh Seattle get another home win. Seattle two, uh New England one and you know pretty good come from behind win for Seattle. Uh, Columbus, Colorado, the road team starts well. Another theme this week at MLS with a header just wide, uh, four, uh, four minutes in. Off the corner kick, they knock the clearance back in and Connor Casey gets his noggin onto it for the quick lead. Uh, very similar to Michael Bradley's goal in the gold cap. Just a little dink of the, you know, but it's on the other side, but similar. Uh, but it's only six minutes in before the crew answer with a terrible giveaway pass at the back, allowing Gavin to steal it and run at goal. He's got, uh, one defender in front slots it through his legs to the far post, beating Pickens, and we're level. Five minutes after that, another terrible giveaway by the Rapids. As a back pass is out of a teammate's reach, Mendoza snatches up the gift ball. He finishes it beautifully with a rocket off the underside of the crossbar and in. In the 20th, Pickens uh, saves a direct free kick shot, then, a real, then the real game changer. In the 28th, Connor Casey goes in hard for a ball. It's bouncing back to uh, goalkeeper Hesmer. It's not fully intentional, but it is dangerous, and he can't stop his momentum. His leg catches Hesmer in the jaw, straight red for Casey. Both teams have dangerous chances before the half, but neither uh, adds to the score. And by the way, Hesmer uh, was okay and did continue to play. Uh, In the second half, uh, more mistakes from Colorado, as when their own uh, free um, uh, free kick is headed clear um so basically Colorado's got their own free kick they're heading it into the into the uh crew box and it's headed clear and Kamara who's basically the last man back Misjudges the bounce. It literally bounces over his head, uh, similar to Condul uh, in the New York game. Uh, he's the last man back, uh, right up the halfway line. Mendoza basically speeds to the ball, gets to it. It's a breakaway, 1v1. He gets to the box, blasts it past Pickens, and the crew are running away with it. Just before the hour, the route is complete as the crew uh, break up the right wing. The cross is blocked, but only to the top of the box where Heinemann directs it into the goal. That ended any hope for Colorado. Bummer to see Cunningham denied a great chance when he was incorrectly called offside. I'd like to see him get that all-time goal-scoring, uh, lead. But then something I haven't seen before, uh, the ref actually blew the whistle before we even reached the full 90. Uh, maybe the TV clock isn't accurate, but it still had three seconds to go when he blew the whistle. It seemed uh, pretty odd. So, uh, maybe it was a mercy, mercy blow. No, no stoppage time at all awarded. Seems odd, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Columbus 4, Colorado 1. And I didn't see the DC, uh, Houston game, but I heard that one finished 2-2 with, uh, Charlie Davis scoring on his birthday, his 25th birthday, and then Brian Ching spoiling the party with a, uh, late goal, I think it was 89th minute goal for Houston. And, um, other news, the World's Cup, World's uh, womens World Cup started on Sunday. Uh, I kinda became aware of this very late. I think it might have been in the U.S a game where they mentioned it. it was like, oh, that's starting? Oh, I thought that was months away, you know. So I set some recordings to to do it, but I haven't really had a chance to watch any of them yet. I noticed it recorded some more this morning. Um, looks like it's recording, you know, two games every day for the next week or something, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to watch all these games. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I did watch some highlights on on the Fox Soccer report, and uh, it looked like Germany uh, had a big 3-1 win over somebody, and... Uh, uh, Canada, France, or no, it was over Canada, right. And Canada scored, uh, late on a, on a f- nice free kick, um, by Sinclair, I think it was. And then, uh, France, Germany, uh, for, sorry, France versus, um, who was France against? I don't know. France beat somebody 1-0, so, didn't sound that exciting. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. I'm not, for some reason, I'm just not really into this. Uh, the Women's World Cup. I, I don't really know the U.S. national team. But I feel like I don't really know the players. They, I kind of identified with some of the players, you know, Mia Hamm and, and, and those kind of players back, you know, a generation or two ago, and, and now we've kind of gone to this new generation and I don't really know them that well, and, you know, other than, um, you know, like a Hope Solo and Goal and a few, you know, a few players like that that I feel like I, I kind of root for. I don't really know a lot many you know and it just doesn't seem that exciting to me so i don't know we'll see what happens uh you know i, I in the past I've, I've watched every game of the women's world cups you know but for some reason i'm just not into it this time i don't know if i got i i, I am pretty busy right now so speaking of busy uh next podcast uh will probably come out on tuesday um uh, July 5th or something cuz Got deadlines and stuff for the, for Monday, so um we'll probably, uh, wait to do the podcast and hopefully it'll come out on Tuesday the 5th. We'll see what happens. So, anyway, as always, emails is mark at soccertalkusa.com if you want to drop me a line. And, uh, voicemail is 206-339-8359 if you want to drop me a voicemail. So, alright, well, we will talk to you, uh, later. Bye bye.